Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Welcome to the Tricord Advisors podcast. Each week we get together and we answer life's hard questions, ones we get from our viewers, ones we get from our clients. This is Randy Barkley and I'm Jeremiah Lee. We're both certified financial planners. I'm also a California licensed attorney. Today and this week, we have a change. This is a living room. We do. For anyone who's listening uh, on the radio, you wouldn't see this, but anyone who's uh, listening on YouTube or any other podcast platform, we have shifted things a bit. We've got a couch, we've got a chair. Uh, we're a little more casual. Well, we're, we're just trying to be more contemporary and we're trying to provide information that we feel that is really needed and vital out there. Yeah. Right? We A lot of what we do is, is not you know, trying to spew out information, but it's trying to answer questions that we get on a regular basis. Right. And we find that, that, that folks have a lot of financial questions and they don't know where to get answers. And if you Google something, it's not that you get nothing. You get this tidal wave of information that may not apply to you. So we try and take some some key topics each week. That and we sort it out. And, and talk through it and, right. and see what it might be. You have two financial advisors and an attorney kind of sharing their minds and, and their I, thoughts and, on something. And, and I think the one caveat here is that we're not going to answer every single question on the subject matter, but that's why we encourage people that if this is something that you have more interest in, that you reach out to us and uh, we have different ways that we can communicate with you. Uh, as simple as having a 15-minute conversation with us on the phone or do an initial interview. Uh, all that is for free. And I think that for some people, that would be really important for them to take that next step. Yeah. Everything we're doing here is general. You know, it's not specific advice. It's not right. your situation. It's our general discussion. And if there's right. something that you feel you need specifically, we're always happy to engage at that level. So today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics. We're talking about business owners. Business owners who are running a business. And often people jump into a business because it's a great idea. It's well, yeah, a good opportunity. They, they, you know, most people are, you know, when they start a business, they're entrepreneurial. And uh, one of the key things that we find after the business is run for a while, it has some success. They seldom ever think about the end in mind. Yeah, they yeah. don't. Where are we headed? What, what's are we going go right. to go public and compete right. with Apple? <laughs> are we going to sell this uh, to a competitor? Are our kids going to take it over? Kind of that, that end in mind is such a, a valuable prospect for people um, to think about and spend some time on. 
And just as you said, the first 10 years, I think people don't often think about I think, it. I think, I think a lot of most businesses, it's just as a matter of survival. Mm. You know, how do I collect the revenue? How do I pay my bills, keep my employees, choosing my employees? But then the business starts to have a rhythm and its own success. And oftentimes they go, oh, I, I, I'm beyond survival now. And I'm actually into profitability. But then the question is, what's the business going to look like 10 years, 20 years, yeah. 30 years from now? Yeah. Right? And there's some industries like, you know, we're an example. We're, we're a family business. You, know, you started are. this years ago. Uh, Laura and I have kind of stepped in and, we, and we, we've had that dynamic of there being a, a future and a transition. Uh, but in a services industry where we provide services to clients, I feel like that's odd. It that, is. That a parent would, would do something and have a business and then the child generation is able to come in and do that same thing. I'm thinking, you know, CPAs, accountants, um, finance is the world we're in, um, consulting. It, it, it's less common, I think, in our industries of services. Yeah, and I think we've seen, we can have a lot of examples that we could kind of point to where the owners uh, brought their family, brought their children into yeah. the business. And in some cases, that works out really well. But also, in some cases, it turns into a disaster. And I think a lot of it has to do with the strengths and the attributes of the child. Yeah. And the child may or may not want or feel like that's where they should be at. But yet the parent says, I've, I've done this for you, and here it is for you to take mm -hmm. over. And so there's that emotion and guilt almost from the standpoint of mm -hmm. my, my parents did this, or my dad or my mom did this for me. I probably should take this over. And that could turn into a real disaster. Yeah. That's tough. And and what timing is a big piece of that as yeah. well. You know, the you may have a, a child generation who is excited about this. They are jumping in, they're ready to take over. And mom and dad generation say, Well, I mean, this is good. We're glad you're here, but we're not we're not ready to be <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not ready to yeah. step out. I'm only sixty five. Like I'm not quite ready to leave. <laughs> you know, and, and, and figuring out the, the, the timing, we've worked with a number of clients, we've walked them through these processes, either Selling businesses, my background as an attorney, I did that for years. I helped right. people buy and sell businesses. Um, but you've also worked with a number of family businesses where the transition is simply to a family member. And yeah, that, and they come in and they talk to us about how do we do this? And, of course, there's a lot of different ways that you can accomplish that. Oftentimes, the family member doesn't have the economics to buy out the parents. Mm -hmm. So so what do you do? Yeah. How do you structure that, that transition, right? Yeah, well, let's talk about that first one to say – you know, someone comes to our office, they say, I, I've been working and I'm ready, I'm ready to exit my business. What are my options? You know? And so the first one, it could be looking to family. Right. Is there anyone in, in your family that wants to take this over? And seldom have I seen where the parent generation says, yes, let's make a big gift and just give it to the kids. You know, there's some tax reasons that we may not get into today of, of gifting things to your kids can be problematic. But often it, it's the business owner's major financial asset. And they run that business, it's provided for their family, and they're not quite ready to, to just go down to zero. Right. And so some sort of a, a buyout is often where this will work out. And I think the other, the other aspect is that, you know, the valuation of the business, and if there's other children that are not involved in the business, do they feel like they're being slighted by not having the economics or having the inheritance yeah. that would come to them naturally if the business were sold or if mom and dad just passed away? And they yeah. sold it. I mean, it's there's there's those dynamics that yeah. need to be talked about, right? Yeah. And if, if only one child is interested in the business and they just get it, well, what what happens to the other ones? Yeah. Right. And to either offset, I mean, estate plan. That's part of the, the, the what we see is why finance 
and business planning and legal are all intertwined because you just walked into the world of estate planning. So again, yeah, I mean, again, um, if a child, or we'll, we'll name it as the son, we'll just kind of, it could be a, it could be a son or a daughter, but for the parent to give the asset to that son, let's say in this, in this particular example, what are the tax ramifications? Yeah. Right. So they've gifted not just the value of, of, of the, the company, they've also gifted whatever they started that that basis what they bought it for and if you're a founder you didn't buy it for anything it's right. zero and so that's that son in this example if five years later he goes to sell the business to somebody he doesn't just have taxes from when he took over to then he has all the taxes from the very beginning of when that business started uh, it's a very different structure than if the parents had sold the business to that son um, and they made some sort of a you know 10-year buyout something on those lines mm -hmm. if that were the case and the son sells it later his taxes are only the difference between what he bought it for and what he sells it for, what people are used to kind of that capital gains. People don't always realize that when you gift something, you're not only giving the present value, you're also giving whatever you bought it for. That's what we refer to the basis, the cost basis. Yeah. Now, again, the ramifications of that, if they go to sell the business, the son, in this, in this example, there's massive tax yeah. issues versus if they inherited it. Yeah. Uh, or how are they structured the purchase, right? Yeah. The, the most efficient, and we've talked through this with a number of clients, the most efficient for a multi-generational is for the parent generation to pass away owning the asset and then the next generation inherit it. There is a, a magical moment there where some taxes just get erased. A lot of capital gains, you get a step up in basis, so it erases a lot of taxes. So for some families... Uh, control is not the main driver, it's tax efficiency. Yeah. And for other families, they say, well, taxes are great, but we're ready for a transition. We're ready for the next generation to take on ownership. We don't expect these parents to pass away until their 90s. So how are we going to structure this? And the complexity of the sale, I mean, the complexity of the business, you know, and most people think about just a sole proprietorship and we're going to, the son or the daughter is going to step into that role and take over the business. But at the but the real issue is every business is different and you have complexity of, of how the business is structured. You got what kind of assets? Assets, if you got a building, you got equipment, you got inventory, how is it valued? How, how do you determine what the value is? And then if you have other children who are not involved in the business, are they going to feel slighted if they are kind of, so to speak, cut off from any of the, any of that, that value? And is it, are they taking the present value? Or are they are they participating in the future value? And again, this is information that most people would kind of kind of glass over their eyes or thinking, mm. I, I, do I need to know about that? But the answer is, yeah, you do. Yeah. You do need to know. But, about and that. doing it on your own is complex. Like yeah, we do this. We've done this a number of times. We do this on a regular basis. So to have a guide and to walk through this with someone to bring up some key questions, but also see what fits for someone's specific situation. I, I find it enjoyable. I find yeah. myself great because you're, you're putting some real legs to their vision and their dream and their hopes for the future. And there's a real psychological aspect to it because every family has its own dynamic. And what we can do is we can act as that, that almost that clinical aspect that we can sit and we can ask the hard questions and they're not offensive. Mm -hmm. They're questions that need to be answered, but it helps to create a solution, not only for the seller, oftentimes the parent, but also creates a much better solution for whoever's going to be taking over the business and ultimately the other heirs on top of that, right? That's great. That's great. So let's shift to say, okay, you don't have kids I, or my kids are not interested. Now, what do I do in this business? Right. 
And the next one that we often look to is a business partner. Right. Is there anybody currently in the business that, that could take it over? Or is there someone that you could groom to take it over? Almost like an heir like a, Like a key employee. Yeah, a key employee who's going who's gonna to come on as a partner for a while and eventually buy out one of the owners. And often the key issue in that kind of a co-owner or a partner buyout is the idea of valuation. Mm-hmm. You know, one is trying to say, oh, we only sell, you know, four or five things a year. It's really cheap. The other one's saying, we sell hundreds of things a year. Right. And, and trying to get that valuation and that fairness and um, kind of almost an over-under, like what what value would you be happy to buy it for or sell it for? And if you, you're all both in kind of agreement, you might be finding a good, you know, estimation of value. And again, it's... We have, we have been through this a number of times. And, of course, when you talk about this, the, the, the clients and the circumstances mm-hmm. really come to mind. And businesses that where the business owner thinks, well, this is just very simple and very straightforward. But when you have a key employee, oftentimes they don't have the money. You know, if the business is worth millions of dollars in a fair market value, the employee doesn't. So how does the owner make that transition and what is the structure? I mean, taxes, economics, continuation of income, because oftentimes this is the owner's retirement, right? Yep. And we have seen things just blow up uh, because there's not the proper contracts. There's not the proper yep. guidance. There's not the overlay of issues that yep. need to be there. And this is one area where it walks from planning and finance, and it, and it walks very much into the legal aspect of estate planning um, and taxes. They're also just good legal agreements. You know, this is not a handshake deal right. that we say, you know, Billy's going to run it. It's going to be great. Because um, like any business founder, you're going to have hard times. And did I really agree to pay this person this amount? Did I really, you know, and, and that's where you want to have these deals kind of put together. And, you know, e- examples of, of some of these, you know, we've had, we had recently a client that passed away and did zero planning. Zero plan. Um, he, he wasn't expecting to die. Yeah, that's true. That's right. <laughs> yeah. like it just was but a he was death. over eighty. Um, yeah, so it wasn't an uncommon uh, aspect. He passed away, but his uh, children and his spouse inherited the business, and there was no planning set. There's no uh, agreements. There was no expectations, and so one of the children decided, I, I think I can run this. Let's walk in, and then and the, realized, ch- and the child was never really involved in the business except involved, when yeah. they were a, 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 like in high school. Yeah. And they've gone on and had a whole other profession career. Yeah. So they try to step in and, and fairly quickly, I think they realized, yeah, uh, this is not what I need to be doing. This is not going to be this business success for my future unless I really lean into this. And so ended up exiting and selling the business, selling the property and, and unwinding everything. And that's not a bad option. It just, it, it landed in the, the next generation's lap with a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. That was a tough one. We had another one recently. Um, where it was a father to a child transition and drew up the agreements. The one generation was graciously excited to go out. The next generation was excited to take over. And they, I would say they, they socially or within the power dynamic of the business, they kind of already made the transition a year or two before, mm-hmm. but finally on paper, you know, transitioned out. So the, the parent generation now gets a steady stream of income. The child generation owns the business. They have full ownership. They have full leadership. And they're paying out an amount to their parents for a number of years. And those structures are now working. You know, so those are kind of two that we have. Uh, another one that I think is just an interesting one, and I don't see this as often, but it's always a good one I like to mention, is if you need to exit, you could just sell to your competitor. 
Um, just the guy, the guy that you're competing with, the guy you've known for ten years. Yeah, may, maybe you socially know each other, and you, yeah. and you respect each other. Maybe kind of hate each other. I mean, <laughs> all, all that. You know, but 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 they're the person who would have the the potentially the highest bidder for your assets and the wherewithal to understand your business. Yeah, too. and it's someone that you don't want to say, "Hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you want to buy it?" You know, that, that's not a good competitive moment. But to set someone up to come in and look at your business and consider expanding, consider taking over. That you know, both pieces of that industry that they can grow, not a bad option. You know, right. someone who understands and may have the the money and the wherewithal to actually buy it from you, right. and not just um, you know, give you a promissory note or something, but actually might be able to get financing and buy you out. Yeah, the acquisition aspect of it, of course, always comes down to who's going to write the check, and uh, the buyer wants to be of terms and conditions from the seller. Seller says, "No, I want my money now." But that's where the tax ramifications come in because if you take it all in a lump sum, I've always I've always said you have to be careful that you don't want the asset because the asset will be at a reduced uh, you won't you won't get the full benefit of it because Uncle Sam is going to take their big bite out of it and you're going to have to create income from the residual. Yeah. Whereas if you took income and there was a partial, I guess you know a, a, a sliding scale or valuation, but you're getting income all along this time. The issue is, can you trust the buyer to continue the the payments to you? And that really comes down to, there's a lot of factors that go into yeah, that, right? Right, it's specific people. So that, that's a great uh, a great one. So the, the next one I'll jump to, and uh, as we look at this, is just selling the business. And for a lot of people, when they start, that actually is the goal. They say, I wanna grow this for a number of years, and then I'm gonna look to exit, whether that's a private equity company, or just an industry, Standard. Uh, I think more of um, kind of tech companies. Um, you know, companies that you're, you're doing something, you're creating a product, you're creating a brand, something that doesn't necessarily require you as an individual to be a right. part of it. And service industries is a little bit hard, but any sort of tech industry or manufacturing type industry uh, to to build something and to combine with others and to to sell it is is a great option. Oh yeah. Uh, the example I have a, a client currently that we're working with um, that has built a number of car washes. And so these car washes are great assets. He's built them, he's, he's, he's running them, and now he's been exiting them. And in the last year or so, he's sold off a number of car washes. And, and those are not to his family. You know, they're not to partners. Right. They're just to people who want to get into the car wash industry. And, and, and in my mind, that is, is for a lot of folks, that is the, the end game. Um, they, they just want to sell it. And I, I think the, the, the idea of a family business, the idea of a transition to your partner, are really nice. And I think those work really well when they work. Um, but most partners are close to the same age. And so that dynamic doesn't always realistically work. A lot of times kids don't want to walk into the same business. Um, so that doesn't always work. And, and I think I find a lot of people, they, they default to this idea that I'm just going to sell it. And when you walk into the world of selling a business, um, it, it, it's one where you can easily lose your shirt or lose your business with, without yeah. having the right advisors. And you know, uh, private equity, Folks, uh, investment bankers, attorneys, accountants—all those are, are costs, but they're useful in that in that transaction. Yeah, it's, it's really exit. important to have good counsel when you're making this, which would be maybe the biggest financial decision of your life. And oftentimes, people kind of just do a handshake and walk away, and it blows up later, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah, I've had we had a client not a few number of years ago that he sold his business. And the new owners made poor choices, and he was able to buy back his own business. You know, a number of years later, um, just because he knew what was, he knew the value of it, and he knew what they were doing that that wasn't useful. 
So we're, we're talking about kind of the, the end in mind um, right. and kind of take a step back. I mean, these are, we kind of walk through five different options of what to do, but, but the bigger picture I think is, is planning. Um, the whole reason I've told a number of people this, the whole reason I, one of the main reasons I exited the law firm is I helped someone sell a business. They're getting a lot of money and they were exceedingly stressed. Um, that they, they had so much money they were never going to spend it, but they didn't realize that. They had no context. Yeah, they did. They did put the money in. In you're saying, like in the reality of their life expectancy. Yeah. So if you end up with a large bucket of money after taxes, they're they're always considering their income after running their business. They're not looking at the income that their investment will. Yeah. The residual will produce for them. It's as though there's a disconnect yeah. between and, the two. And so for me, I was realizing if I took a larger role in someone's life, I could help give them that confidence, that, right. that certainty, that, that freedom to really enjoy their lives. And for our clients, it, it's the same aspect, it's the same purpose to say, you know, you build a business, you know that business industry, but we are here to help you get a larger view of your life. And if you're 30 and selling a business for $2 million, that is a great step. But you can't retire at that. Yeah, you know, right. That that's step one. If you are eighty and selling a business for forty million dollars, well, you have a lot of tax and legacy questions that you're going to have to deal with, and and there's bigger context than just your business. And a lot of the people that we work with, they actually have multiple businesses over their lifetime. People who have yeah, people that are entrepreneurial. Yeah. yeah, they buy and sell, or they acquire, they do acquisition. Yeah, and they could have other divisions. So it it becomes the complexity. And rarely do you have a family member that can step into that environment and just pick it up and just continue on, right? right? Yeah. So the the aspect of running your business and exiting, uh, to me, is is, it ties in with you know what is in your retirement accounts? What are those going to do for you? How is your estate planning set up? What's your vision? Like where do you want to get to? We have a number of folks that we speak with that don't have any desire to retire. I think you're in that group. Of uh, kind of saying, I love what I do. I love. The well, again, I, I, I always, with. I always tell my clients, I'm not digging a ditch every day. So mm-hmm. the the wear and tear in my body and such isn't as extenuating, uh, excruciating. Maybe is the best better word to say that as somebody who is who's in the trades and just working really hard. So um, yeah, I want to continue. And it was fortunate that uh, in my family. There were people that wanted to continue to, to be involved in the business. So that makes it really makes it easier for me. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. So for someone in your situation, the idea of an exit or of a uh, you know clocking out is, is not desirable. Mm-hmm. But say, I don't want to carry that same load every day. I want to transition to other right. leadership, but I, I still have a lot to give. I still have, I enjoy what I'm doing. I know I'm adding value to the people in my community. So I think there's there's different goals in mind for people and different desires. So p- part of this, as we as we talk through, you know, starting with the end in mind of, of here's some of your options. We kind of had a discussion about how you get from point A to point B. Um, but but everyone's vision is different. Everyone's desires, everyone's path is a little different. And making sure that you have the support that listeners have the the people behind them to get them where they need to go. Yeah. If, if you missed any part of this discussion and you want to hear more, we do this each week. We sit down. We talk about some topic. Uh, we, we put these on our website, tricordadvisors.com. Uh, we also put them on YouTube and different podcast platforms. Uh, if you like this kind of content, feel free to subscribe and you can keep up with the conversation. Um, next week, we'll, we'll dive into our, our next topic. We'll keep that one a secret for now, but uh, we'll look forward to having this conversation with you in the future. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.